let go of your career faster from Robin, who launched Loop 54. It's essentially search uh, for e-commerce, right? And retail launched in 2011. The agency went all full in on SaaS in 2013, has scaled today to about 130 customers paying $30,000 ACV. So doing about 260 grand per month in revenue, which is 3.1 million bucks in ARR. That's up from 1.6 million in ARR just 13 months ago. So over 100%, well, about 100%, you year-over-year growth, 6% revenue churn annually, and just over 100% in terms of net revenue retention, which is great. His team of 27 people out there in London and Stockholm. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Robin Melstrand. He's the CEO and co-founder of an award-winning and quickly expanding startup called Loop 54. He holds a master's degree in industrial engineering and management and has been into sales his whole career prior to Loop 45. Loop 54. Which one is it? Is it Loop 54 or 45? 54. 54. Good. He currently lives in Stockholm, Sweden, together with his girlfriend and judgmental dog. Robin, are you ready to take us to the top? Yep, I'm Uh, ready. All right. So tell us about the company. What does Loop 54 do and how do you make revenue? So we do um, search and navigation for retailers around the world. And um, we basically increase the conversions and revenue online. And um, they pay us via subscription model. Okay, so it's a pure play SaaS model. Yeah, definitely. We deliver it as an API. What do they pay on? Like, give me a general sense on average what they pay per year per month. So on average, we have 30K per year, US dollars. Okay, so about 2,500 bucks a month. And they're basically buying, what, a number of API calls? Yeah, more or less, and then you can buy depending on which features you choose. If you just do search, and if you have the or if you have the whole category structure um, being delivered by us, you pay a bit differently. But yeah, okay. more or less, it's mostly volume. Okay, so just so we can get a, a real uh, stranglehold on what the company does, can you give me an example of how customers currently using it? Actually, name the customer in the use case. Yeah, sure. We work with. Um, we work with Office Depot here in um, in the Nordics, as well as like the largest grocery chains. And if you go to Co-op, which is a big grocery chain in the Nordics, um, other parts of the world as well, uh, you go search for um, orange. Like a human has a very easy time figuring out what orange means, right? But for a computer, that is exceptionally hard. Orange, it could be a fruit, a taste, a color, or a telecom operator in France, right? So there's big ambiguity to that word. What do you actually mean? You may figure out instantly that if you're in a food store, you're asking for orange. In that context, you obviously mean the fruit. But for a computer, that's much harder to do that automatically. So a lot of search implementations today is actually done with a lot of manual work. Adding in custom sorting, adding in synonyms, adding in redirects to the right content pages. So basically today is the truth that if you want to put the most time and money on the search is one is going to have the best solution. But we managed to build a solution that learns automatically and optimizes automatically without you having to do anything. So, so Robin, though, tell me specifically how Office Depot used it. Like, like do I go to officedepot.com? Where, do I, where am I going to see your software in action? 
so this is ba- we we are based in the Nordics and we are growing in the UK. We don't we don't, we don't have any clients in the US right now. So this is on Office Depot Swedish site okay. just now. Okay, so, so I'm, you, I'm there. So where do I see your stuff? Uh, well, just in the search box. You don't really see it. So we we are just the algorithms that deliver the search results. Okay, so I'm going to search um, pen black gel ink. What what yeah, do you do then? Probably not going to yield a bunch of results since um, all this catalog is in Swedish, right? Okay, let's say I put type that in in Swedish. Yeah, um, then it's going to figure out what what is your underlying intent. What do other people who search for similar things mean, and give you the best possible results for each and every query. Okay, so you're like so, an e-commerce search engine. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Interesting, and and then that would count as one query in terms of Office Depot's paying you for a million queries a year at thirty thousand dollars ACV. Yeah, more or less. Interesting. Okay. Before I get more of the backstory, so what have you scaled to today? How many total customers are you working with? We have 130 clients and we are $3 million ARR or 3.1 maybe. Okay. So 3.1 today. And are you growing? What were you at about, you know, call it 16 months ago? 16 months ago. Or sorry, sorry, sorry. 12 <laughs> months ago. <laughs> oh, that's easier. We're at 1.6, I think. Okay. So, so like December 6, 2016, you're at about 1.6 million in ARR. So you've doubled almost, more than doubled. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, more or less. that's great. And you said you're 3.1 today, right? Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Let's get more of the backstory here. When did you launch the company? Long story. So this wasn't actually a search company from the beginning. We actually launched it as a web consultant, me and the two other founders. Uh, it was a mathematician and a programmer. It didn't go really well since we didn't really know how to sell the mathematician services. So he basically had a lot of time on his, on his hands. And this was back in 2011. Uh, so he basically ended up, he, he's done one sale in the company's history and he talked like a company called Vodler, which is basically the local copy of Netflix, if you would say back then, they don't exist anymore. And he pitched them saying that, yeah, I can build you the exact same recommendation engine that Netflix has, because back then it was all, everything was in white papers, was a big, big buzz around that six or seven years ago. Okay. So, so, so did, you said 2012? 2011, I think. So, and he said, yeah, I can build the same recommendation any as they had, and he did, and obviously worked really well on Netflix data, public data. Problem is that all of these kind of algorithms are built around you having massive amounts of user data. So they had their global company, and um, yeah, they have lots of behavior data, basically. So it worked perfectly for them, but when we implemented it at Bobbler, everything fell apart because they're a regional company with not as much data as everyone else, and then all the theory behind this algorithm fell together basically so we gave them the product saying oh, this is how you do it use it when you get bigger and then afterwards since we didn't have a new product for our mathematician he sat down and thought all right is there any way else i can understand how products fit together without knowing anything about the users so he applied new type of mathematical research in this particular problem and found a way to do that long story short it turned out to be quite a horrible recommendation engine still but the beginning to a really interesting search engine yeah so yeah. So how, how many, I mean, your system gets smarter the more it gets used because you can do pattern recognition. How many queries did you guys process over the past 12 months across all your base? Yeah, we, right now we are, have about a billion a month. Okay, so fairly, fairly significant, fairly significant. So you're, you're now not just going in blind. You also maybe have historical cart data on, you know, people put the post-it notes with the black pen. So if they search black pen, show them post-it notes to increase cart checkout by 130%. Yeah, sure. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so you launched the company. Now, when did you officially move from an agency to a, the SaaS platform all in? 
Uh, so um, we really did a bit of trial and error a couple of years, and we launched it middle of 2013. And okay. then we changed the name on the company. We sold off the customer stock for peanuts because, yeah, it wasn't you worth anything. You sold off the what? Uh, well, the customer stock from, for the consultancy is handed that off to someone else to continue that work. What so was that company doing? What was the consultancy doing at its height? Like a million a year, two million? Oh, not even that. Okay. Not Almost nothing. I think we sold it for $2,000 and a case of beer. So it's easy for you to give it up. Yes. No particular emotions attached. That's funny. Okay. And now fast, you're scaling 2013. You fully shift over. Have you raised today or you're bootstrapped? Yeah, we were bootstrapped for the first two years. Uh, but now we have raised. How much? Uh, in total, around $3 million. And why did you decide to raise? Because we think that we have a solution to, uh, we have found a solution to search, basically, uh, in this particular context. A lot of people are trying to do what we're doing, but we have a solution for this. But that's not always going to be the case. This is an area that is heavily invested in right now, and there's going to be a consolidation of technologies in the upcoming years. Either we are a victim to that consolidation wave or we drive it. So, And if we grow organically, we will be probably the best search provider in Stockholm, but that won't matter too much in a couple of years. Yep. So you're uh, expanding to the States today and things like that or what? Right now, focusing on the UK and later Germany. And for the next financing round, we're going to focus on the US. Interesting. When did you raise that $3 million? So we raised it over two years, uh, two times just from the current owners. First, uh, end of 2015 and then a smaller amount again this year. Okay. And you, what do you mean? What oh, do you mean? Last year. You said you, said you raised from cur- the current founders. I thought you were the founder. No, current owners. Um, oh, people who are already invested. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Okay. Um, makes good sense. Now, tell me about churn. So um, we had, I believe, 6% churn in total last year. At logo basis okay. or revenue basis? Revenue basis. Okay. And what was that was gross churn, I imagine, but you probably drove expansion revenue. Do you have over 100% net revenue retention? Oh, yeah. yeah, I think we're at 100.5%. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> yeah. 100.5 net revenue retention annually. That's pretty good. Um, and what does the team size look like? We are 27 people right now. And I'm asking this because I'm curious, how many of those folks are dedicated towards upselling to drive that, again, net revenue retention number up? Uh, that's an interesting question because like, we didn't even have the opportunity to upsell until like four months ago. Uh-huh. So that NRR is purely based on the organic growth of the industry. So um, because our, our pricing model was purely based on volume before. You basically get every feature we had and, uh, to a fixed price depending on volume. So, uh, but then we changed that four months ago and we are right now trying to implement upsell, uh, handled by the customer success team and the sales team. Do you guys remember the last time you sat down for a meal with a friend or a business colleague and they pulled out two phones and put them on the table? Do you remember what you thought? Whenever I see this, I go, oh gosh, what a tool. But look, sometimes you can't blame these folks. They're trying to separate their personal lives and their business lives with two separate phones. Some of you guys with just one phone might get frustrated when you're not sure if calls coming in are personal or business. And we've all gotten a call from an unknown number and wondered if it's, again, a business call or a random caller. Well, now there's a new tool in town making all this easy. Sideline gives you a second number so work and personal communication can live on one device. With the Sideline app, it's easy to own a dedicated business number and still separate work and personal numbers, again, all on that single phone. You'll know when work, when calls are for work or if they're personal. You can keep things private. And I love this part. You can text from these two separate numbers. So clients versus customers versus your own kind of personal friends. 
all from one phone. You'll look more professional, you can automate texts whenever you're busy, and you can team up with others on your team to share responsibility for that one single phone number in case you're away or not available. Sideline comes with calling, texting, picture messaging, and more, giving you all the value of another phone without having to pay for an actual new phone. Right now, you guys can download Sideline for iPhone or Android for a free seven-day trial or learn more at sideline.com forward slash trial. That's sideline.com forward slash trial. What are you looking at other economics related to one of these sales? What are you paying to acquire these customers fully weighted? So that obviously depends a lot month to month, depending on how many salespeople we have currently and how many of them are ramped. But on average, we are looking at a CAC PP of um, 10.9 months. So we are on average last year, we paid $20,000 to acquire a customer. Yep. And, and you're getting paid back in 10, so $30,000 ACV costs you call it 20 grand to acquire the customer, which is where you get your 10.9 month payback period. More or less. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. What do you assume lifetime value is on these guys? So depending on your account, you count the lifetime value. If you let's look at our growth churn, <laughs> our lifetime value is um, like $400,000 for per client, right? Um, so we don't know what actual lifetime value is. If yep. you just look at the 7, 7% yearly share, that gives you a really fun number. But if that corresponds to the truth, um, we're not sure yet. Yeah, it's hard because when you, if you just divide by your churn number to get how many months they stay with you, then multiply times your monthly ARPU, it can lie to you and be very big, very quick. Exactly. So I believe like, so we are just now getting to scale where, where we actually have can use quantitative data. But until we get quantitative on the actual lifetime value of the customer, I think that's still some some years off. Yeah, it's until, I mean, I, I always wonder how valuable lifetime value is to, to actually yeah. use because ultimately the biggest changer of lifetime values in companies is some market shift you didn't see coming. Yeah, right. It, exactly. it, and it drives your churn way up in a given month and you couldn't predict it. And a pro form is never going to tell you. So I don't know how valuable really lifetime value is and outside of investors like hearing it and, you know, to analyze. It, exactly. So what lifetime value really is, is your ARPU and your shirt in another way. Yeah. So, but even uh, what I'm saying, though, is even that right, even if you take a, you know, a thousand bucks a month and you're only churning two percent per year, so they're going to stay with you for what is that 50, right, 50 months or 100 months times a thousand. I mean, it can lie to you because two years exactly. from now, something might change that screws up your whole business. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This. It's hard, which is hard yeah. to predict. So interesting. OK. Are there any other metrics you're looking at on a weekly or monthly basis I haven't asked about? So we're looking at the MRR, of course, the net net MRR growth and um of course, the CAC PP is one of the most important for us to understand how efficient we are. And there's a bunch of those um, um, really popular metrics right now, like the uh, SAS magic number, for instance. What's your magic number? 0.9. Okay, and explain to people what that is. So basically, you look at how much you invested in sales and marketing the previous quarter and how much your revenue increase was this quarter. It's basically a division about that. Yep. So just to be clear, if you invest a bunch in January and February and March, you're going to say, okay, I invested a hundred grand. That's the sales salaries. That's any direct paid spend, et cetera, anything on sales. And then you say, yep. okay, that money has to kind of be into the company and it's going to take some time to drive the customer growth. So the next three months after that, right, April, yep. May, June, see how much MRR increases and then divide the two. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And that's MRR or AR? <laughs> ARR? In what? In yeah. So let's say let's say you spend a hundred grand, and in the next yep. three months, 
MRR goes up by 10 grand a month. Do you well, use 10 grand a month or, or 120 grand? Multiply out for the ARR number. I, you, you look at them at the monthly level, at the MRR level. Yeah. Okay. So what's the division? I have 10 grand new MRR and 100 grand invested. Yeah. So there's a times four on, um, on the investment. And you also look at uh, gr- your uh, gross, revenue, uh, gross revenue increase after you uh, remove your gross cost of, the, of delivering the product. Yep. So, so what am I multiplying by gross margin? The 10 grand? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's say 10 grand times 85%. That's a typical SaaS gross margin, right? So we're down to 8.5 yep. grand. Yeah. Then what? No, you, you uh, yeah, uh, you basically... Oh, I'm putting uh, on the spot here so that the audience yeah, can learn. Exactly. I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember. It feels, feels a bit like a test. Um, but um, I think it is, you, pu- you put your total... Uh, mm, you put your total increase in revenue times gross revenue times four and divide that by your marketing and sales spend. And then you get this, then that quota is the magic number. And if you are above one, you're doing fantastically great. If you are below 0.8, you may not have a product market fit yet. Yeah. You, you may, you may have to think about more, you should think about if you really should invest in sales and marketing at that point because you may not be as efficient as it should be. Yep. So just to be clear, if I take 8,500, which is how much MRR grew over the three months, multiplied yep. by four, that's going to give me yep. 34 grand. That's basically an AR yep. number, essentially. And then I take yep. 100 grand, which was the investment times four, that's 400 grand. You're saying take 34 grand, the growth, divided by the cost, 400 grand, that gives me 0.085. Is that good or bad? Yeah, it's kind of good. You're still above the, the line 0.8, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of line where you should really rethink how you do things. Yeah, well, just to be clear, this uh, is this is actually really bad. It's 0.085, not 0.8. Oh, oh, so it's really, right. it's really bad. That's, that's extremely bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to be we want it to be 34 grand divided by 40 grand would give me 0.85, yeah. which would be decent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. basically, the sale, that magic number is basically just trying to help you figure out, do you get your money back in a year? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for us, it's particularly important since we need to cons- consistently understand, are we doing things efficiently enough? Are we good enough at what we do? Should we invest in this? Yeah. And also looking yeah. at how does this actually differ from different markets? Since we are heading into UK, which is a significantly um, harder market to do business in than the Nordic. So how efficient are we? Do we acquire customers as efficient as we should be doing? And so on and so forth. It depends on how we look at our spend. And where's the, where's the team based today? So we have 24 in Stockholm and three people in London. Okay, so Stockholm and, and London, got it. All right, Robin, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's the last business book you read? Uh, I think it was um, uh, the hard things. The hard thing about hard things. A bit cliche, maybe, but um, that's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, yeah, it's almost always Jason Lemkins, uh, founder of uh, EcoSign, among others. Number so, th- number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? <laughs> for building business, I don't know, but right now I love Grammarly. Yep, keeps you keep your spelling good, right? Number four, how yep. many hours of sleep do you get every night? Yeah, I think I'm around seven, probably. That's good. And what's your situation? Married, single? You have kids? Uh, single. I'm not married, but I'm not single. I have a girlfriend. Don't okay. have kids. A dog. Okay, a dog, <laughs> no kids. A judgmental dog. You said. And how old are you? Yeah, I'm 31. 31. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew, Robin? <laughs> um, 
I thought a bit about that and um, probably let go of those management consultancy career thoughts right now. They won't lead anywhere. It's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> let go of your career faster from Robin, who launched Loop 54. It's essentially search uh, for e-commerce, right? And retail launched in 2011. The agency went all full in on SaaS in 2013, has scaled today to about 130 customers paying $30,000 ACVs. So doing about 260 grand per month in revenue, which is 3.1 million bucks in ARR. That's up from 1.6 million in ARR just 13 months ago. So over a hundred percent, well, about a hundred percent year over year growth, 6% revenue churn annually, and just over a hundred percent in terms of net revenue retention, which is great. His team of 27 people out there in London and Stockholm building quickly. Robin, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. Great talking to you.